Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. For today's topic, we return to the role of discussions in the source selection process. Specifically, we talk about how price can be negotiated during discussions. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Skyway's team of former contracting officers is on call for their customers, providing tactical and strategic guidance in real time throughout the acquisition and execution time zones. To learn more, visit AskSkyway.com. Okay, let's get started with our conversation about price negotiations during discussions. One of our consistent goals of the podcast is to encourage more communication between government and industry so that both sides have context of what's going on from from the other side's perspective as well. We did an episode not too long ago about discussions, about exchanges after receipt of proposals, where we dug into context, but we left out one piece of those exchanges, and that's the conversations about price. Yeah, I think we referred to it as a rabbit hole in that episode, (laughs) so we can't, we're coming back to the rabbit hole now. And we're back to our application of of Hanlon's razor. You mentioned this in episode number one, I think. Hanlon's razor basically says, don't attribute to malice that which can be explained by lack of knowledge, or in our case, we say context. So when I was a CO, there were things that I didn't know that I didn't know, probably still a lot of those, by the way, and how industry perceived what I could do. I thought it was clear, and it's, it's not if you don't have context. So you don't know what you don't know. And it's funny because we both expected industry to know what the limits on exchanges were, what, what we could do, and we didn't even know. So, so how, how is it rational to expect industry to know the limits and what kind of information could be shared if, as a contracting officer, we didn't even know? You get better with applying these concepts over time. They're all judgment calls, and you get better at judgment with experience. So right. yeah, in our, in our early days, <laughs> we weren't experts. That's assuming that in our later days, we, we were experts <laughs> or, or, or <laughs> even are now. <laughs> yes, you're never going to be an expert in the FAR. And on an industry side, some of our clients, they sometimes don't know what they don't know about how or or how much the contracting officer can actually share during the negotiation, particularly in in the source selection process and particularly on price, which is why this is a rabbit hole that we decided to come back to. So we're going to attack it now. Attack a rabbit hole, run down it. Before we attack, let's stop and say thanks. I want to say thanks to Kyle McEwen from Dark Blade Systems Corporation. I want to say thanks to Kyle for liking our content on LinkedIn, and he's been giving me valuable feedback on how we found the podcast, and that helps us know where to focus our efforts to help more people find our podcast. Thanks, Kyle. Okay, back to the rabbit hole. Let's set the stage for where we are in the acquisition process. Remember, we're in the acquisition time zones. This is the source selection zone. Offers have already submitted their proposals, and we talked about that in a different episode. The government team has evaluated the proposals. We've had several podcasts on that, I think. The contracting officer has determined a competitive range, and there's a podcast all about competitive range determinations. And the contracting officer then begins exchanges with offers. We talked about exchanges with offers in episode 175, where we explained and reviewed this concept of technical leveling. And technical leveling, which does not appear in the FAR, by the way, is helping an offerer bring its proposal up to the level of other proposals through successive rounds of discussion. So if we're sharing one offerer's approach to benefit another, bringing them up to catch up to everybody else, that's technical leveling. And like you said, it doesn't actually appear in the FAR. The term technical leveling doesn't. It's in FAR 15306E, 
limits on exchanges. In the technical leveling episode, we covered the first two limits on exchanges, and where it says the government personnel involved in the acquisition shall not engage in conduct that, number one, favors one offer over another, or two, shares information that's essentially intellectual property of an offer. The piece we left out was part three. The third part of FAR 15306E says government personnel involved in the acquisition shall not engage in conduct that reveals an offer's price without that offer's permission. However, the contracting officer may inform an offer that its price is considered. Let's talk about the things that a contracting officer may inform an offer about its price. You could tell them that your price is too high. As long as you give them some context, like your price is extremely high relative to other offers. That's context. It's not detailed context, but at least you know where you are. Or you could say your price is too high or extremely high based on the results of a market survey we did for the rest of the market. It doesn't have to be linked to, to you don't have to link it to the offers right here, right now. True. The contracting officer could also tell the offers that their price is too low. And again, it really helps to give context. As a contracting officer, I had one where I knew, I didn't know, I really suspected they were underbidding. The rates they were paying their employees were 40% lower than everybody else. So in context, it seemed like they're not going to be able to staff these positions for that. And so I told them, your rates seem extremely low relative to what we think it's going to cost to get the people to do the work. I didn't use those words, but you get the idea. Right. And in one circumstance, the contracting officer's judgment might be, I have plenty of competition. This one's too low. I'm just going to say that that proposal is too risky and not award to them. In another scenario, you might say, this is a really viable proposal, except for the fact that their price is too low. I have determined that their price is too low to, to execute it properly. I'm going to tell them that their price is too low so that they bid a little higher rates, have a better chance of executing, and therefore I have better competition across the board. I have more proposals to choose from. And for some context on that one, the funny thing was their profit was much higher than everybody else's, but their rates they were paying the employees were lower. So the overall cost wasn't that different. It was, it was messy. That's why it sticks but, in my head. But day. they weren't going to be able to execute either way. Bingo. So we said too high, we said too low. FAR also says it is also permissible at the government's discretion to indicate to all offerers the cost or price that the government's price analysis, market research, and other reviews have identified as reasonable. In other words, the government can tell offers what they think the price should be. Now, you shouldn't just tell one what you think the price should be, but if you tell them all that, you're not giving anyone an advantage over another. A good way to do this is to share the market research in the RFP, saying that we expect the range to be between $5 million and $6 million, or $50 million and $55 million, or wh whatever the range is, so people have context. And the beauty of that is if you're way off, industry will tell you, which, raise my hand, did that once. <laughs> so yeah. You can't do it for this. Right there is context that, that we needed that we didn't know we didn't have. We didn't know that we didn't know our pricing strategy was off relative to what industry knew. So that's one good thing that comes out of doing it this way where you're, you're communicating. And you don't have to wait until discussions to share that. We've talked about that before as well. Right up front in the RFP, I've seen RFPs where the government says, we believe a realistic price for this is between $80 million and $82 million dollars. And it's fine to bid outside that range, but we're going to consider your proposal higher risk if you're outside that range and you don't explain 
if you don't explain the context behind why your proposal is either lower or higher than that and why that makes sense. If you support it, then maybe it's no risk. Oh yeah, and then of course the government also has to stick to that evaluation. You can't just say we believe a realistic price is this or we're going to rate your proposal as risky and then have somebody come in way lower than that range and not be more risky. You can't just do that. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm talking. I got a grudge here. I'll be good. <laughs> we stepped on a live wire. So more constructive way. If if you're in discussions and the government says, "Hey, you've proposed a salary of sixty thousand dollars a year for a software person that knows Java and has a top secret clearance in the Washington D.C. area," we being the educated government buyers that we are know that you're not going to find a skilled Java developer in the DC area with a clearance for $60,000 a year. It would be okay to tell an offer that we believe this is too low because we've done market surveys. It would be okay to say, we believe that the range for Java developers should be between this and this. Give the offers the context behind why you've you've said their price is too high or too low, you're much more likely to get a realistic and competitive and still competitive price in the final proposal revision. This all takes us back to the importance of context. And because we're in the source selection zone and communications are now controlled, flowing through the contracting officers, sometimes it's difficult to share context. Now, if you didn't share enough during the RFP zone, if the offers didn't share enough in their proposals. Now you're in discussions and your ability to share context is a little hampered. And that's what we've been talking about with FAR 15306E. Yeah, context is always important, but you realize that you don't have it during the source selection zone, particularly during negotiations. And both government and industry risk being frustrated because their expectations are misaligned by lack of context. If you have misaligned expectations, what does that lead to? It leads to protests sometimes, right? If, if the offers cannot get the context they need to understand the government's decisions, they might protest their way into it. And they might not get the context they want from the protest, but that doesn't mean that the protest still isn't going to be a huge pain in the butt for both sides. Expensive and time-consuming, which ultimately, what's that do, Kevin? It delays the mission. You're not delivering what you're supposed to deliver to the people that need it because you're wrapped up in all this process. And it all started by having misaligned expectations. So we just hit why the government cares about this. If both sides don't have context on why a particular price is fair and, and will, will enable the contractor to execute the contract properly, delivering what you're supposed to for the mission can be delayed. And that, that's bad from a user perspective and from a taxpayer perspective. And the purpose of the contract is to get something to somebody who needs it from somebody who can actually deliver it. That's the function here, right? So if that function is delayed, we're kind of undermining our mission overall. Price matters. If the contractors are having to guess or, or providing their best guess, it leads back to frustration. If contractors don't have context on what the government believes is a fair price, they might not be able to provide the best solution. If they understand that the government expects, in your example, that the going rate for an employee doing that kind of work is a little higher, that shifts their whole thinking of, oh, yes, we can hire this type of people instead of this type of, of people because the government expects that it's going to cost a little more. And therefore, 
you get better contractor support or at least more more experienced contractor support because they're paying they're able to pay a little higher rate because they understand that's what you expect if you don't share information about your expectations in price in the RFP well enough that they understand and if you go to the discussions and the government still doesn't share their expectations about reasonable pricing that means when you get to the, the debriefing after award and you're talking to a contractor and the first time they hear your expectations of reasonable prices at the debrief, they could be kind of upset if it was just, oh, if you would have told me that's what you expected, I would have I adjusted my price. I would have I either proposed a different price in the beginning or I would have adjusted my price during the final proposal revision to meet your expectations. And I've had both of those. During the debriefing, their price was too low and they found out the context of it during the debriefing and protested. Uh, and they had one where they were too high and they found out the context of why it was too high and they didn't like that evaluation and they protested. Now, it wasn't the only thing that kept them from winning the contract so they didn't win the protest, but it still was a big time vampire. So the lesson here is don't wait till the debriefing to give them context. The debriefing should give them and we have a couple episodes about debriefings, should give them the rest of the story to be able to win next time. Context is not something you should have to wait till next time to get. <laughs> and that's the message. And giving context on price in particular, it's not technical leveling. Sharing their price buildup and what you hear, let's go back to, to what we can't share. The price buildup, the wrap rates, the profit rates. Okay, that is technical leveling and violates, was it 15306 yeah. E2? It's not actually technical leveling. That's sharing proprietary information that, that's violation of the Procurement Integrity Act, which is worse. Yeah, and, it's, and that's what they're talking about in, in that, that part of the FAR. But the CEO can give a great deal of context on price without going over that line. And so much of what we talk about is when you know where the line is, you know how to walk up to it and not cross it. And so understanding that you can share lots of context on price without sharing those proprietary things we just talked about. It doesn't have to be an overall, your price is too high, your price is too low, your price should be within a certain range for us to consider it reasonable. It could be individual elements. You could say your price for this type of labor, we believe, is very, very high compared to other offers or compared to a market survey. It could be the profit you propose, we believe, is too high for the type of work we're proposing here based on uh, weighted guidelines that we performed, which you would do if you were doing a sole source <laughs> negotiation, right? So, so you can give it's them – podcast about that. Right. You can give them context on individual elements. That's, that's, that's fine, and it could really help the government get a better price overall. We've sort of been going back and forth between government and industry on why they care. But it's all, it's all about context. Industry can submit a more competitive proposal and a proposal that they're more likely to be able to execute within the price they, they proposed if government and industry are, are looking at the pricing and evaluating the pricing based on the same context. So let me throw in yet another example from uh, leading my son's baseball league, baseball and softball leagues, like 350 kids. And we have this opening day event where we have bounce houses, we have a dunk tank, we have a, a bungee system and, and some <laughs> tables and chairs. It's, it's a big event. And so we, being a, contracting, a former contracting officer, I set up a source selection process <laughs> and we put out bid, put out opportunity for folks to, to bid on these different pieces. And we ended up hiring one person to do, to do the dunk tank and some of the other stuff, but he did not get the bounce house contract, right? So he shows up and he says, 
well, I could have given you those bounce houses. And I said, well, yeah, you bid, but his price was better because he included the tables and chairs and come and set them up. He didn't have context on, oh, well, I didn't realize you wanted me to come set up the tables and chairs. I could have done that too. And so he's getting his debriefing <laughs> the first day of delivery, right? And he realized, I realized it didn't have context. So there are two lessons in this. One is in the commercial market, there's no requirement to go back and you know give them a, a debriefing. So it happened like right. On he the couldn't spot. he couldn't protest your your uh, bounce house decision. <laughs> yeah, it, but more important, I didn't have context on the fact that he could have given me a better price if he'd known I would la like to have the same vendor do all of it, and I didn't share that. Yep. So looking back next time, and that's part of my notes. It's very easy to miss out on sharing context as a buyer or the seller when you don't give the whole story. Right. And that's, that is why the commercial market is easier and also more frustrating than the government market. Cause there's not a clear rule set, right? <laughs> One guy looked at your requirements and gave you a price based on the part of it that he wanted to do that and it ended up beating out another guy who didn't read it the same way. And neither of them has any go back to say, I didn't understand. Let me bid again. That's not fair. It just kind of is what it is. <laughs> But rules aside, you as the buyer for opening day could have gotten a better price on everything if you'd been more specific in your RFP. If you'd shared context, you may have saved the Fossil Park Association, whatever it is, a, a, a little money. <laughs> in, in the end, it was a blast. It was a great event. But yeah, it's just, I, I love that I'm learning, <laughs> learning left and right. Don't start giving debriefings for the opening day bounce house uh, competition. Yeah, this is a volunteer job. I'm not I'm not going to invest that much time. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up. We're back to context. In the source selection zone and in, in discussions, you got to know where the line is between what you can and can't share. And so the space to negotiate, which includes bargaining, persuasion, alterations of assumptions, et cetera, that's listed in 15306D, that's one line. And the other line is 15306E, which we've talked about today. It says, shall not include an offer's price. But there's a big however, as the CEO may share context essentially on the competitiveness of that price in general terms. So that context alone, being able to understand how competitive your price is, is valuable. And the CEO should always be sharing that context on price and then use this far reference as your reasoning to do so. 15306E3. And the important thing you just said is that you can share context on the competitiveness of that price in general terms. General terms. You shouldn't say, well, you'd be more competitive if you were $7.50 higher. You shouldn't say you'd be more competitive if your price was 14.3% lower. It, <laughs> yeah, that's not specific right? at it's, all. It's, it's like we said earlier in the episode, your price is extremely high. Your price is slightly high. Your price is extremely low or slightly low compared to something that gives them context. That's where that range comes in. The government can share with all offers. We believe the range should be between here and here. That way they sort of know the rails for pricing. But the point of this whole episode is that discussions doesn't just have to be about the technical solution. Price can be included. And you don't have to get specific, but you can share information about the competitiveness of offers prices during discussions in a way that gets the government better prices and allows contractors to propose a price that they have a better chance of, per of performing at. They can execute the contract without overrunning or underrunning. And all that comes from context. Context, context, context. All right, we've probably said that enough for one day. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you later, Kevin. 
All right, see you, Paul. Context. Okay, that's it for this episode. Join us in the Government Contracting Podcast Network on LinkedIn or send your questions, comments, and complaints directly to me at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. So it, the important thing you just said, share competitive. The important thing you just said is share context on the competitive. Bleh. <laughs>